0: Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you on the 6th of March, where spring is just starting to break through a little bit as we continue the start of our Lenten journey. Today, celebrating the first Sunday in Lent, also known as Invocabit Sunday, or The Sunday of the Temptation, where we'll hear about Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, then being tempted by the devil. Now, last week, we were supposed to have an Ash Wednesday Vesper service available to you, but due to family illness, which hit me as well, we were unable to do that, and we even had to cancel our in-person Ash Wednesday service here in Spencer. So for that reason, there was no Vespers podcast made available, and We'll have to continue with our Divine Service Catechesis next week. For now, though, let's go ahead and turn to our first Matin service of the Lenten season with a hymn of invocation Lord, who throughout these 40 days. open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
1: O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and He made it. And His hands formed the before the Lord our Maker. For He is a God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Ever shall be
0: world without end. Amen. Christ for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Because Thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall be no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and dragon shall thou trample under feet. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him, and show him my salvation. The Old Testament lesson for Invocabit is written in the third chapter of Genesis, beginning at the first verse. Now the serpent was more subtle than any animal of the field which God had made. He said to the woman, Has God really said... You shall not eat of any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but not from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, you shall not touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You won't really die, for God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took some of its fruit, and ate. Then she gave some to her husband with her, and he ate it too. Their eyes were opened, and they both knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, and made coverings for themselves. They heard the Lord's voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. The Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman Whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate it. The Lord said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all livestock, and above every animal of the field. You shall go on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. You will bear children in pain. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you have listened to your wife's voice, and have eaten from the tree, about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. The ground is cursed for your sake. You will eat from it with much labor all the days of your life. It will yield thorns and thistles to you, and you will eat the herb of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your face, until you return to the ground, for you are taken out of it. For you are dust, and you shall return to dust." The man called his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of animal skins for Adam and for his wife, and clothed them. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the sixth chapter of the second epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the first verse. Brothers, working together We entreat also that you do not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, At an acceptable time I listened to you. In a day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We give no occasion of stumbling in anything, that our service may not be blamed. But in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God, in great endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, in pureness, in knowledge, in perseverance, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in sincere love, in the word of truth, in the power of God by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as receivers, and yet true, as unknown, and yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live, as punished, and not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry afterward. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Then the devil took him into the holy city. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you don't dash your foot against a stone." Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not test the Lord your God. Again the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, I will give you all these things, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and you shall serve him only. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and served him. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, despite the unfortunate start we had at Christ the King for Ash Wednesday for Lent, We are now underway in our Lenten journey. We've counted the costs. We've heard how the kingdom of God works by grace alone, word alone, faith alone, faith which produces fruits of love and charity and devotion. Now we're in Lent. And if I asked all of you, what is one word you would use to describe Lent? Most would probably say either repentance or penance. And you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. But there is another word, another concept, which also summarizes the season and maybe summarizes it even better, and that word is catechesis. Now, whether we have adults being catechized for baptism during this time or baptized youth being catechized or baptized adults who who had already been catechized among you or those in repentance returning to their baptism, returning to the church— doesn't matter which position you're in, the goal of the season remains the same. Catechesis to teach us how to live in our baptism. Catechesis which teaches us to die and rise in Christ. Catechesis with repentance that readies us for Easter. So today, and the next three Sundays in Lent, our readings will be brutally honest with us about what kind of life we can expect in baptism and what's expected of us as baptized sons of God, as the church. And let me say, if you have listened to me over the last three Sundays and you still expect a life of prosperity and comfort, like that promised by Osteen, or if you still expect a life with a clear purpose, quote-unquote, and direction where everything falls in place as promised by Warren, then you haven't listened. Nor then have you counted the cost. Because the baptized life, I promise you, will not be easy. So the first catechesis of Lent taught today on living the baptized life is this. Marked as a son of God in baptism, the tempter, the wicked ancient foe, will attack you every moment of every day with everything he's got. And this enemy is not some red cartoon with horns and a pitchfork. The darkness here is real. The enemy is fierce. The attack is constant. Now, Paul himself shows his life as evidence of this. Among Paul's ministry and journeys, he faced great hunger and sleeplessness of the flesh. And it's no wonder why, because see what he's endured at the hands of the world and at the hands of the enemies within the church. Afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, incredible labors. (laughs) Who could sleep through that? Who would have all the necessities of life through that? And as the tempter pulled the strings of Paul's sinful flesh and the strings of the world, see how the devil tempted Paul by slandering him with dishonor, by slandering him as an imposter, by slandering him as being alone and unknown, as dying, as punished by God for his afflictions, as sorrowful for all he encountered, as poor as having nothing. This is what the devil wanted to tempt Paul into thinking, into believing, into acting. And right along with that, what was expected of Paul? As a son, as a baptized son of God, what was expected of Paul? To be pure, to be wise, knowledgeable, understanding of everyone that he came across, to be patient in beatings, slanders, and temptations, to always be kind and truthful, to always know the word of God well enough to use the word as weapons of righteousness. That's what Paul suffered. In baptism, he suffered all those things, and that is still how he is expected to live. That's a tall order. That's... Feels impossible. Yet, that's also what's expected of us in our baptism as well. Consider that. Now, for my young catechumens, just reading the scriptures for their catechism lessons and just memorizing the catech- catechism each week, for them it can feel like an impossible task. And here at the church, I haven't even started to have the younger ages start memorizing the catechism. That's coming. And that'll feel impossible for them, too. And for the younger ages, that's just reading and memorizing, let alone all this other stuff Paul mentions about suffering. Now, some of you may smile or chuckle at that because you remember your days in catechesis when you were young and you had to memorize the catechism and how you went through what they went through and how it felt impossible for you, too. Good memories, aren't they? But let me tell you something. The expectation here isn't that you just memorize your catechism and know your Bible when you're young. Paul here in writing 2 Corinthians was very well in his was very well probably in his 60s, maybe older. He was expected to know his catechesis in Scripture, which means we're supposed to know them throughout our whole lives as well. Now tell me, how many of you listening How many of you that have grown up in the church, or maybe you've entered the church as a grown-up, that's fine, but how many here still know the small catechism by heart, could recite it from memory? Or for those of you who admit not having it memorized, how often have you used things such as your small catechism or the congregation of prayer to help memorize it now? How many are memorizing it for Lent? How many are getting to know the scriptures better even now? How many of you from memory could list off even just the six chief parts of the catechism? That can feel impossible to do as an adult, can it? But if that feels impossible for us, then how much more impossible does it feel to be patient when we're hungry or tired? How much more impossible is it then for us to be kind if we're being beaten, slandered, or called imposters, to be pure during afflictions and imprisonments? For the majority of our lives, if you're older, the majority of our lives, we may have felt that our culture was our ally, our buffer between the ancient foe and us. And I'm not even sure that was true, but even if it was true for yesterday, it is not at all true today. The culture is not Christian. It is not ours. It is the tempter's. And he is throwing everything at the church that he has, the world, the flesh, and all that is demonic. And many perhaps noticed this switch when it came to a gay wedding cake or making bouquets of flowers for a homosexual wedding, how some Christians are being sued or have lost their jobs because they wouldn't do it against their conscience. But we've moved beyond that. In Finland, the scriptures themselves were read in court to claim that the scriptures are bigoted, that anyone who lives by the scriptures are also bigoted. In our own Lutheran universities, our faithful confessional professors are themselves being canceled and suspended for speaking out against this neo-Marxist dogma that won't tolerate our Christian doctrines and faith. The tempter is as much here and now as he was With Christ in the wilderness in our gospel. And you'll see this at school or when you go off to college, you'll see how quickly your faith is shouted down. At work, how many of us have had to sit through trainings that teach things that go against what we believe? How many have lost their spot in the university, their jobs, or had their bank accounts frozen? How close have we been to laws that would have shut down our Lutheran camps and our schools because we wouldn't open up our restrooms? How do we remain pure, scripturally, spiritually pure, in a culture inundated with pornography and a perverse sexual ethos? How do we remain patient against a constant barrage of attacks, even in our own institutions? How do we remain kind when our faith is so hated? How do we remain true when we allow every bit of our time to be taken up, but leave none for scripture, for the catechism, for prayer or charity or fasting, especially when our flesh craves to gorge in all that the devil and the world offers and tempts us with? That's what we suffer. In baptism, as we suffer all those things, that is how we are expected to live. Pure, patient, kind, true. That's a tall order. That feels impossible. And and the temptation, the goal of the devil's attack is simply this. To remove you from your baptism. To lead you to be estranged from your heavenly father. To lead you to denounce your sonship. Well, Paul also knows how impossible it feels. And that's why he starts the epistle this morning saying this Working together with him, that is Christ, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do you understand? You are baptized. That means you don't suffer alone. You don't even lead the fight. Now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation because you have been baptized into Christ. You have been baptized into Christ's sufferings. Which means your sufferings are now his sufferings as well. You don't suffer alone. Christ himself shows the evidence of this in today's gospel because right after he is baptized, the Holy Spirit hurls him into the wilderness. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights surrounded by evil. Look at the picture offered for today's bulletin. See the hardships of hunger, the calamities of thirst, the beatings of the constant scorching sun, the riot of his rumbling stomach, the incredible labors of the temptations. Here the tempter tempts the flesh of our Lord who is hungry and tired. Here the ancient foe tempts our Lord into thinking it's dishonorable to humiliate himself as the Son of God with starvation. He tempts our Lord by slandering the Father's word and trying to get our Lord to test his Father. Here the prince of this world shows that he has the entire world while tempting our Lord by showing our Lord that he has nothing in this world. See how the tempter tempts our Lord and how deep the temptation goes. He tries to tempt our Lord into thinking that he is alone and unknown, unknown even to the Father. He tries to tempt our Lord into thinking he's being punished with starvation by the Father. To think that there is only sorrow and nothingness in his suffering. To think that he is poor with nothing in the wilderness, that he has nothing while the devil himself holds the world in the palm of his hand. That's what the devil's tempting him with. Christ here suffers the temptations that we suffer. Here, the devil tempted our Lord to leave his baptism. The devil's tempting him to estrange himself from his Father, to denounce his divine sonship. And as Christ suffers these things, what does the law expect of him? To be pure and perfect, patient and long suffering, to be kind to us in mankind who brought this evil into creation that he now suffers, to love us in his suffering, which is ours. This is what our Lord suffered in baptism. As he suffered all those things, that is how he was expected to live. Purity, patience, love, kindness. That's a tall order. That feels impossible. But it's not impossible for the Son of God incarnate. Because that is the very reason why He came to join us in our suffering, to lead the charge in the war against the devil. And that's exactly what He does in our gospel. Notice He's the one that goes out into the devil's kingdom to confront him. Our Lord goes out to battle with the weapons of righteousness, patience, purity, kindness, truth. That is to say, with the word of God. With that word, he charges forth with full faith in the Father that the Father will provide. And while our Lord commands the devil away at the end of our gospel, that doesn't mean that our Lord stopped the onslaught against the ancient foe because he doesn't stop the attack until he gets to the cross. And there on the cross, our Lord doesn't suffer with us. He suffers for us. He doesn't quote just a few lines of scripture. He prays the Psalter to his father as he hangs there. There he was punished by the father, but for our iniquities. There he was poor, having everything stripped from him in shame, but for our sake, so we could receive all that is his in baptism. There he had nothing, giving up his last breath to die for you and me upon the wilderness of the cross, where, facing the devil, he was again alone. But with his death on the cross, our Lord did not command Satan to leave. Not that time. Instead, on the cross, he crushed the devil's head, robbed him of all his rule and power as our Lord was brought down off the cross and buried. There he descended into hell to gloat before the demons and the captives over the ancient foes' trampled head. There the celebration began, which would be in full bloom on Easter day, as our Lord rose again. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do you understand You are baptized, baptized into our Lord's suffering, baptized into our Lord's death, baptized into his resurrection. You are baptized. Suffer as you may at the hands of the devil. We all do. His his head is already crushed. Baptized, you already have the victory. Because it's been given to you. And you know you have the victory right now because right here, right now, you are a son of the Father. You are right now in the day of salvation. So then, how are we to go on living victoriously in our baptism as we suffer the constant temptations of the devil? Well, here we learn from St. Paul. We battle with the weapons of righteousness in both hands. That is to say, we fight like Christ, In long-suffering, we stay, stay in the waters of baptism. And there, in the waters, we equip ourselves by memorizing the catechism, by reading the scriptures, by coming to church and joining the fellowship in person. As we hear God preach to us, as our Lord strengthens us at the altar with his flesh and blood, the same flesh and blood which suffered, and one in the wilderness, which suffered, and one on the cross, which rose again. In short, as the body of Christ, we, the baptized, do what our Lord did at the end of the gospel reading. We wait faithfully for our Father, believing he will give us everything we need and receive fully what he gives us in the word and sacraments by way of his angels, which is another word for his messengers, that is, his pastors. And we do this with long-suffering towards our enemies, with purity that subjugates our sinful flesh and fasting, with, kind, with kindness toward our brothers in the faith, with love that prays and seeks all things from our Father in Christ by the Spirit. We do this not putting obstacles in each other's way and blaming the ministry at, the, at our altar. We do this in love toward each other to encourage each other in the faith because we are sons of the Father, baptized. And there is nothing the devil can do to rip that sonship away from us in the waters. So then, the first catechesis lesson of Lent is this. In the baptized life, as sons of God, we withstand the tempter and all his temptations by staying in the word and receiving all God's gifts in his word and sacraments. So then may we all, young and old, memorize the catechism, keep it in our heart, pray it, read our scriptures, know them, pray together, partake here at the altar together. Then will we cling to our Lord's victory that he gave to us in the water and the word. Because Christ in us will never lose. And the grace of God will in that case not be received in vain. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice, let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. MY SOUL WAITETH FOR THE LORD MORE THAN THEY WATCH FOR THE MORNING. I SAY, MORE THAN THEY WATCH FOR THE MORNING. OUT OF THE depths HAVE I CRIED UNTO THEE, O LORD. LET ISRAEL HOPE IN THE LORD, FOR WITH THE LORD THERE IS MERCY, AND WITH HIM IS plenteous REDEMPTION. AND HE SHALL REDEEM ISRAEL FROM ALL HIS INIQUITIES. GLORY BE TO THE FATHER, AND TO THE SON, AND TO THE HOLY GHOST as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto Thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause Thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for Thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto Thee. O Lord, mercifully hear our prayer. And stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to defend us from them that rise up against us. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created, and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength and abundance in thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by Thy governance, may be righteous in Thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, Thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with Thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech Thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this Matins podcast, and we pray that this prayer office offered through this podcast will add to your personal devotions at home and be a blessing to you throughout the week. And we'll be back on Wednesday this week as we begin our midweek Vesper series on the Apostles' Creed. That will be coming out about 6.15 on Wednesday. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.